0: Hello. Hey y'all, we back. We're back again. Same space, same time. Yep. Back from vacation. Well no, we was back last week. But we're physically back this week. This time we we got it together. Yes. Literally. Yes. So this week we are sipping on something different. Hornitos seltzer. We're not in love with it. No. But I don't all the way hate it. It's just, you know, part of the seltzer it's game. It's only 5% alcohol. So. That's the reason she hates it. Yep. But, I mean, I've been sipping it and I'm feeling a little buzz. But, you know, maybe that's why they drink it. Because you just get a little buzz. And that's okay. I suppose. That's I'm okay. okay with that. hmm Alright. Well, what were we talking about today? Talking about insecurities. And... I think it's really important that we have this conversation because a lot of times people think that insecurities are a sort of weakness if they admit that they have insecurities, and so people put on facades and pretend like it's not happening. I think it's really important to put out there that insecurities are within every person. Mostly, if you ain't got no insecurities, then you a liar. True basically like everybody has something that they're insecure about whether it be their love life, their physical, their mental, fam anything. There is something that makes you uncomfortable about your life and that is the insecurity. I agree. In my opinion. Mhm. So yeah. Um I think that my insecurities started at a very young age and it could be like the silliest of things mm-hmm. from um what I'm wearing. To a girl on an aftercare bus Like telling me I had a booger in my nose And then everybody proceeding to like tease me About it after that Like that's the kind of stuff that still is like Seared into my mind like to this day Like I make sure I have no boogers in my nose Like ever Um, I barely blow my nose I'ma just be honest I don't be having boogers like that Like if I have a booger That means like I really must have been sniffing something But I, I don't be having no boogers like that I don't know Well anyway you move on from the boogers to the you know whether or not boys like you and which boys like you Mm because that that plays a part too because a boy can like you but if it's not the right boy then you know it's like well am I not pretty enough for the you know right boy to like me um to just the choices that you make in everyday life especially with social media and how we have the tendency to compare ourselves to one another is. You know, did I did I go down the right road? Did I make the right choices? And every step of the way, like questioning those things. And that just creates so many insecure spaces from um, jobs to relationships, friendships and intimate, um, even relationships with your family. It all plays a huge, huge part in how we function day to day. Yeah, I think my insecurities started when I was a child. Like I said, I was a bigger child. I'm still a bigger woman, but I don't care now. But anyways, as a child, like, they make it seem like there's something wrong with you because you're bigger. Mm-hmm. And what be crazy is they be fat, too. And that's what used to make me mad. But, like, you're fat, though. So how are you fat calling me fat? I don't understand. Like I've experienced Because that. they have insecurities. Mm-hmm. Because I never... Acted as if I was the fat kid. Now, granted, I was a lazy child. I ain't saying I was out here throwing baseballs and doing sports. I'm just saying that me being big as a child didn't bother me. Like, it wasn't something that I thought about until people pointed it out. Right. And that could be with family, Mm -hmm. friends, strangers, whoever. Whoever pointed it out, it made me feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And that, that was something that was pushed on me. Because a lot of the people that would talk about my weight, y'all was fat. It's it's like and they're we, invading just, your safe space. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep it real. Y'all was fat and y'all was jealous because I carry my fatness better than y'all. Hmm. And y'all know who y'all is. I'm just Are playing. <laughs> <laughs> but for real though, like people will always talk about me being fat. But I'm like, my I have a shape. Like I'm shapely. And people will be so jealous of that. And they will like talk about me so bad. Mhm-, And they would just be like, "Okay, like I'm sorry, your butt flat, but your stomach is fat. Like, what what they got to do with me? <laughs> like, okay, like it was just stuff like that. And then just like you said, like boys starting to like you, and they want to try to talk about you, and you know, to get your attention and stuff like that. I never understood that either. The same boys that would tease. The and same poke boys and that teased me. Torture yeah are the same ones that wanted to date me, but not yet, but they didn't want anybody to know right, so they would tease you, yeah, but I'm as good. we got older, you wanted to be with me though I'm good. there <laughs> was there were plenty of boys that I hung out with, went on dates um with after high school, but it just came to a point where I was just like, You know what? no, thank you, because I don't think I'm that pressed for attention that I'm about to entertain.' the ones who teased you mm-hmm, Like, mm-hmm. just because you just got a clue now. But then that also became another, you know, insecure space because mm-hmm. then you start to pick the wrong ones and you mm-hmm. pick the wrong ones based off of your their inner insec- demons. Yeah, the mm-hmm. insecurities that were pushed on you as you grew into your womanhood. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of times people, like I said, they push their insecurities off on you and make you feel a certain kind of way because even if it's somebody older, they'll talk about she be like, ooh, look at how your butt moving Or, Ooh, you got some big breasts, you need a bigger bra, like it I remember I had lost like this crazy amount of weight after I had Devin and I was like a bobblehead. And was I a remember lollipop. Are you done? I remember dropping him <laughs> off at daycare and he went to daycare with someone who I'd known all my life. And I just remember her saying, You got some big old legs and I was just like Okay, thanks. Because this 100-pound weight Uh -uh. loss means nothing Mm -hmm. in this moment. Because you just sucked the life out of me by saying something like that. And it wasn't, like, a good thing. There wasn't anything good about it. It was, like, I mean, my head is already levitating off of my shoulders. (laughs) Now you want me to have chicken legs, too? Like, I don't understand. I think that, and this is my honest opinion, that in the black family that... They always talk about what I think, in my opinion, makes us the most beautiful because growing up, especially the older people, they were made to feel like they were ugly Mm -hmm. growing up. And so that's just what they're accustomed to. And that can date back all the way through slavery. True. Because, but underneath all of that though, The slave masters and the slave merchants or whatever you want to call them, they were attracted to that. Mm -hmm. And that's why they would rape us and get us pregnant and let us have babies and all those things because they were really, really attracted to that. Mm -hmm. But they also beat us right? because they were jealous Mm -hmm. that they didn't have the features that we have. Mm -hmm. and so that passes down through generations and black families with them constantly being down on us for our appearance and I don't understand why Mm -hmm. well I'll just explain why (laughs) but that doesn't mean it is true that's just my theory right but I mean think about how long it's been or it's taken for you know natural hair to be mm -hmm. accepted it was Mm -hmm. always you know the hot comb on the stove and the big bottle of grease and you know the luster's pink because moisturizer. Because to have straight hair was superior. Mm-hmm. If you had straight hair, that means that you were more put together. It means that you... It might even mean that you might have an education. Mm-hmm. It might mean you have more money. Like, being prim, proper, pressed, and, mm-hmm. and sleek. It it Society makes you think that that is better than just being your natural self. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times it was... I would hear the words, like, beady beads or, like, your oh. kitchen or whatever mm-hmm. the case. And mm-hmm. I've had, you know, short hair for the majority of my adult life. I, you know, grew it out in spurts, but for the most part, I kept it short. And it was to the point where, you know, I was getting relaxed and I was going to the salon, like, every two weeks because, God forbid, I go, you know, any length of time without getting my hair done or a touch-up, and you can see, like, my curl pattern start to form. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't even, like, function like that. And now, here I am. Yeah. Yeah, that was... My hair was my insecurity growing up, too. Mm -hmm. Because, and I hate to say... Because this is going to come stem from the black stigma of people talking about your appearance. But they would say you didn't have a good grade of hair. Yeah. I never felt like I didn't have a good grade of hair. But I just felt like I struggled with what to do with With my hair. With cultivating the hair that you had. Right. And it took me a really long time to come to the realization that I wanted to go natural. I've been natural like 12 years now, I Mm -hmm. think. It may be more than that. But yes, I've been natural for a really long time. And it still took me into my 20s to fully accept what my hair was doing. Like, daddy used to lay my hair down with so much grease. Like, it would be like dripping down my forehead. Because (laughs) let me go to school looking like a nappy head baby kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that would be like his embarrassment, mm-hmm. but again, that goes down the line of your appearance needs to match what is acceptable in society, right? Like, I used to hate when he would use that pink moisturizer on my hair because he would use like the whole bottle, the whole bottle, like, like you could still see the what white doing? when you brushed yes, it. Yes, <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Oh my god, I ain't gonna need no relaxer because you don't put all this stuff in my hair. <laughs> That's funny. Like, it would be insane. And then, just clothes wise, me being a bigger child, I couldn't, you know, wear the clothes that everybody else wears. So I felt insecure about what clothes I wore and what I looked like and where I got my shoes from and what my parents could afford to buy me. But to be perfectly clear, like, being insecure about the way clothes look on you has nothing to do with size. That could just be like no, you. It does, because at the time, big kids were not a thing. Well, I was just saying, like, as an adult, I struggle. Or have struggled with the way clothes look on my body, no matter what size I am. Well, it was more so of the type of clothes that I could wear because of The style of, of clothes. Size. Yeah, not how I looked. Because okay. I look how I look. It was the style of clothes, where I would get my clothes from, and what was available to me because of my size. Mm-hmm. Because big kids were not a thing back then. The plus size section was two racks. I'm and just trying to places, understand how we ended up matching so much. I don't know. Cause we matched a lot We we didn't match Like We didn't match When we was in middle school We matched when we was kids I wasn't a big baby We matched until I was like 12 bro Like Okay Legit Not exactly though Because I remember That one Easter I was like 9 And we wore the same color But we didn't have The same dress I had on that purple dress with that uh shawl. Didn't we didn't uh um, white you stockings. and Aaron match one, one year, like all three of us had the same dress? Probably. What is what is wrong I don't know. with My our parents? parents. With <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a time. <laughs> it 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 was in um it was in Florida. We did that that, we did there, that too. there too? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I wasn't I I it didn't become until I was like eleven going into like so we got intermediate further, further school, apart in, like Randall wood yeah. times, mm-hmm. the long times ago days. But anyway. The long yeah. times ago days. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> hornito. Anywho. Right. Yeah. So that's when I started to struggle with, like, clothes-wise, my parents and what I look like in my clothes, because um, there wasn't a lot of options for me. So I had to wear what I could get. Mm-hmm. And the things I can get was not always things that I liked. So that was a struggle for me. And, you know, I don't know. It just be a lot. I think the the number one culprit is society. And because of society, it puts it on your parents and your family and your friends to make those comments and think that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Because of society. Yes. That's just my 100%. So, is there anything that you do to work on... Getting past your insecurities, or do you just be like, okay, whatever? (laughs) Honestly, it's a minute to minute, moment to moment battle, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, Mm. I have good days and I have bad days. I have days where I'm like, I don't care what the number is on the scale, I'm beautiful, I'm physically acceptable. This is a the, the body that men really want to see and then I have other days where I'm like look at this and look at that or you know this doesn't fit right I'm going to change clothes a hundred times and even when I settle on something I'm going to look in the mirror a hundred times I'm going to suck it in and blow it out and suck it in and blow it out. I suck no more. Well, I stopped wearing body shapers a long time ago. I still wear wear body shapers just because I feel like it accentuates my waist more and it gives me more of a shape. But I don't wear it to necessarily flatten my stomach. I was trying to just snatch it all up. Just all of it. Just snatch it all up. You can't breathe. I know. I I remember I went somewhere. I forget where it was. And I had on two. And there was no breathing or sitting. Well, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you moved past that because that's ridiculous. (laughs) Like, uh. Um, Yeah, so now I'm just at a point where it's all about like positive, affirming moments. Like I know every day is not going to be a perfect day. I know that I'm going to have guilt and and shame from like maybe a food choice that I'm making or I'm going to be hard on myself if I don't. You know stick to the things that i've decided that i want to do to just maintain a healthy mental space Mm. um but i'm trying i really truly am trying i can name from top to bottom all the insecurities that i've ever had so one was my hair two was my nose it took me a long time to grow into my nose what is wrong with your nose people would talk about my nose all the time they would say i had a big nose when who were these people my friends, actually, I'm not gonna name them, but my friends would talk about my nose. Um, okay. Middle school, high school, they y'all would talk weird. About my nose. Mm-hmm. I've always been insecure about my arms, my legs. I didn't wear shorts until I was an adult. My ankles, I call them cankles. Yeah. My toes. <laughs> we're not gonna go into that. <laughs> and. We know what other one that I'm not gonna talk about because that's nobody's business. But those are the surface ones that have bothered me the most. And that's just uh, just physical. That's stuff. just physical. Um, but yeah, like I would not wear like I would always wear quarter length like tops. Like especially when we had to wear uniform, I would never wear like the short sleeve tops because I felt like I had fat big arms and it would like flab and I would like fly away that was in my mind yep my arms are flabby no no they're flabby okay that picture that i sent you earlier today if i could have like just cut my arms off i would have cut my arms off of the picture my arms is big like i feel like my arms have gotten smaller since i've grown into my body like Mm -hmm. as a woman but growing up i just always felt like i would my arms were so flabby like i was about to take flight like don't move them too much because and that was part of the reason why i didn't play sports do you I'm do serious. realize that these are things that only you, like, see? The same yeah. way you try to tell me and, like, okay. yell at me yes. about stuff. Okay. okay, well, that's because now I've moved past that. But growing <laughs> up, yes, I had insecurities. And I can understand your insecurities from back then. But today, it would be like, girl, who gives a shit? But back then, yes, that's part of the reason why I didn't play sports. Because I didn't want my arms to be out. I didn't want my legs to be out because my legs were big. I had big legs. And they would move. And then I had cankles. Half cankles. And, (laughs) you know, it was just a thing. And this one time, this boy in my class made a comment on my butt. And it wasn't a nice comment. And so for a long time, I was insecure about my butt. And I'm just like, he must have wanted to hit it or something. Because why are you? Ain't nobody never said nothing about my butt but you. It was in eighth grade in Mr. Elkins' class. I remember. Shout out to Mr. Elkins for <laughs> Mr. keeping us in line. <laughs> um, Aww. but yeah. Anyway, yeah. So like, I had insecurities like that, and I would wear. I had fat feet. Oh, that was my other insecurity. I had fat feet, wide feet, and I could only wear wide with shoes. So my shoes always look bigger than the normal. <laughs> you know, keys. I'm laughing because I I I've had to wear like wide with yeah. shoes. Like if I wore like um. What do you call them like the high boots Like I would have Mm -hmm. to get like the wide width Until they started making (laughs) the extended sizes Do you know how long it took For the industry to graduate To make boots wide enough For my freaking calves I know That was, like, the greatest joy. Like, when calf boots became a thing, I would be so mad that I could not get those boots because my legs were too big. It was, was like, a personal triumph when I could finally fit a boot like that. But then I got into a space in my life where, like, this is just my body, so now I can't wear those boots. And it took a long time Mm -hmm. after that for them to start making those wide calves boots so yes. I wouldn't have to buy the wide with shoe. Mm-hmm. I could just buy my normal size yes. and just get the wide cap. Like Thank you for things, getting a cool. Yes, like, all those things used to make me feel so insecure about just, like, me as a person. Not me as a person, but just, like, my appearance. And then it took me a long time to start just not giving a fuck. Um, I think that at some point you just have to just stop yourself. I think, um... Because as an adult, when you carry those physical insecurities, it bleeds over into other things. And I'm, I'm going to circle back to that. But mm-hmm. when I decided to go natural, it wasn't one of those like, oh, I'm going to grow my relaxer out. No, we're shaped. We're cutting it all off. It's all gone. Because I cannot hold on to this imagery. Because even if I kept my hair and tried to grow out the relaxer, mm-hmm. I would still be going and getting it pressed. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And what was I hiding from? that curl pattern, that natural state of hair, cut it all off. We're done. Um, Again, the positive affirmations, the making different choices, you know, about my clothes, just coming to the realization, like, look, girl, listen, listen, this top here, and this bottom here, these are no longer your size. Get That's enough. You're, you're not a 10. You're done. It's, it's done. You will never be a 10 again. Stop trying to squeeze. You can't even get this past your kneecap. Don't do it no more. It's, <laughs> You're, you're done. Making those choices you just, as one revelation happens after another it builds um, confidence within you but there are still some lingering things that might trickle into you, a, a relationship, like an intimate relationship for example um, it took me a long time to start, start wearing shorts too, I didn't wear shorts for a long time because my kneecaps are different I don't have, um, I don't have them, you can't see them they're in, see indented them. Um, They're yeah. inverted. And so it's those little things that you wonder, like, is, is this person looking at me right. like this? Is this person seeing this insecurity like this? Um, The complications that I had with Rhea, it left me with, you know, a scar in my abdomen. And my abdomen doesn't look like your abdomen or the next person's abdomen. Like, is this going to be something that is strange for the next person? It's normal to me because I've had to accept this for what it is. But is it going to be you know, a turn off for them or they're gonna look at me and say, like, I can't, I mm-hmm. can't do this. Right. Um so you worry about those things and then those physical things turn into the I'm not good enough. The is he looking mm-hmm. at somebody else, mm-hmm. is he talking to somebody mm-hmm. else? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. so you just have to be careful with how mm-hmm. you allow the insecurities from the physical realm to impact you through and through. Yeah for real honestly because for me it really really my insecurities took over my relationships because in my first very very long-term relationship that i had to pack my shit up and bounce on i stayed with him for so long because i felt like i couldn't get anything else because of how i looked Mm -hmm. and part of that was because of him Mm -hmm. because his fat ass used to call me fat Mm -hmm. And big. he was projecting yeah and would talk about like my face and how I looked and how my lips were he would tell me that my lips are flat where so then I became insecure about my lips I became insecure about how like you know you have a resting bitch face he would talk about how I look when I'm just resting and don't look like anything so I have to walk around pretend like as if I had like a subtle smile all the time so he wouldn't say something about how I look when I'm just sitting like, yeah, then that negro was crazy. Cause do you see you? I don't understand why my face can't just be resting. No, he would talk about me that bad. Mm-hmm. Yep, he would talk about me that bad. And I never understood how he could ever utter a thing to me. But he did. And I stayed with him for a really long time because I felt like I'm just not that attractive. There's nothing attractive about me. I'm just a blob. And nobody else is gonna want me, so why does it matter? Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stay in this relationship and then see where it goes that ha- that went on for nine years so did did the insecurities that you know between the two of the two of us that we brought from childhood um to adolescence to adulthood those physical things did those and some and some mental things did those impact the choices that you made as far as like your career choices um Yeah, because I'm going to take it actually back to high school when I was um, the captain of the flag line. I actually wanted to be a high stepper. Like, I could have been a high stepper. Like, I was the best dancer on the flag line. Like, I could do everything that the high steppers could do with no problem. But because I was so insecure on my size... I didn't push myself to do more mhm when I could have mm-hmm. because if anybody knows me, I love music, I love to dance, I love everything about it, and that being a part of the band was one of the greatest experiences I ever had in my life, and I have so many memories from doing that, I wish I would have done it longer, but because of my insecurities and my me being insecure about my size, I didn't push for that mm-hmm. and so. Just going back to high school, that was the biggest thing that I regretted was not even trying, because I felt like they'd be like, "Oh, you're too fat to do that," or I would try out and they'd be like, "Uh, oh, yeah, you were okay. You can just go be a flag girl because you're fat," which that truly is what happens or happened back then. It's not the case now because everybody likes fat people now. So, but how did that translate into like your career choices? But that's yeah, that's what I'm getting to. So career wise. It made me hold back my confidence in being secure in who I am as a person, and it still does today. There are jobs that I wish I would have taken myself up on as far as like management and things of that nature are concerned because I just always felt like mentally I can't do it or I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough to hold this position, so why would I apply for it? Mm-hmm. So that goes into the mental side of being insecure, thinking that you're not sprung enough to do something because mm-hmm. you're just so hard and down on yourself. You just don't think about your potential and what you can accomplish. Right. So physically, I would say, the high school thing, career-wise, mentally... I had insecurities of just not thinking that I was smart enough. And mm-hmm. that didn't come from anybody else. That just came from me not applying myself and not just not really caring about school. Like I wanted to do, i rather did hood red, shit with my friends than apply myself because I wanted to do hood red, shit with my friends so I'd be cool and acceptable to mm-hmm. the outside world, even being a big girl. Mm-hmm. So they correlate with each other because I could have done so much more than I did mm-hmm. earlier right. had I had just let go of my insecurities about my physical so that I could nurture my mental. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I definitely feel like my insecurities played a huge part in the career choices that I've made. Um, I It wasn't until recently that I was presented with an opportunity that forced me to acknowledge the fact that I am very capable of mm-hmm. Um, stepping into that particular role regardless of what it looks like on paper because I have a ton of experience but we live in a world where you know paper matters more than your actual Mm -hmm. experience I say it all the time like how do you how do you know if I'm worthy or if I can fulfill this role if you don't give me the opportunity to show you um But being met with the decision of choosing to actually pursue it over just saying like, no, because they're looking for this and looking for that and Mm -hmm. I've never done this or that. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually ended up not, you know, pursuing it any further because I have a passion and I have a goal and that would have taken me outside of where I would like to be ultimately. But I felt amazing declining because I knew it wasn't based off of insecurity. I knew that it was 100% based off the fact that I was um, sticking to where I feel like I'm destined to go. It has nothing to do with comfortable. Mm -hmm. I have a goal. Mm -hmm. I have a place where I want to be. I know exactly where that is going, how I'm going to get there and what road I need to take and this would not have been it. Mm -hmm. But I was also comfortable with declining because I know that I can step into that role at any time. Mm -hmm. Um... I've, I've been in situations where you know i am the more seasoned experienced um and educated person and they pick somebody else over me mm-hmm. you interviewed me you told me you know i was shoe in, and then you right. pick somebody else and not only did you pick somebody else this same person that you picked is asking me questions about how to do their oh, job that same person you pick they're asking you to train no thank you And and at first I did it for a while Because I cared about The status of that department And what we were doing and where we were going But then when I started to realize You know Why did they pick you? Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is asking me what you should be doing mm-hmm. This is outside of my pay grade Sweetie right. And my answer started to become Well I'm not sure mm-hmm. I don't know You'd have to ask such and such Yep Maybe you should contact this person. Maybe you should contact your manager. You are the manager. Contact the manager above you. I don't know. I'm just the shift supervisor. You're the manager. Seems like you should know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. I don't know, honey. Well, what are we gonna do? I'm not sure, but I'm getting clock out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bye. Well. Right. Good luck. Best of luck to you on this e- fine evening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So I I I'm happy to know that. I'm no longer allowing the the limitations that other people put on mm-hmm. the time that I've spent educating myself, earning my degree, mm-hmm. graduating with honors, to affect the moves that I make. And yeah. that I'm definitely rooted and grounded into where I want to be next. I'm working on being rooted and grounded in my degree and me graduating with honors. I don't think I told y'all I graduated magna magna cum laude. How you say it? Mm-hmm. Magna cum laude. Okay, mm-hmm. so that means I got honors. Okay. So that means I worked hard, okay? So me being accustomed to just being average to now being superb and distinction and and of that it's taken me a minute to wanna apply for those jobs that are saying you qualify for this. Uh-huh. And then in the back of my mind I'm like, But can I do this? Yeah. So I have been given a couple opportunities. Nothing is set in stone yet, but those opportunities that have come across my view I'm terrified because and I'm a when I tell you I'm a shoe-in these jobs are jobs that I know that I can do but just my confidence sometimes I'm like "Mm, but am I gonna mess it up though I don't know if you want to trust me to do that yet like that's where I'm at right now so I'm trying to get out of that you know think about how many times you've been in a position where you look at the person who is in that next space above you and you're like, how did, who did, right. what the, so can I speak to your, the hiring manager? Yes, that's please. my <laughs> next, my next story. So when I left Cleveland clinic, um, I left because I felt like I was not being appreciated for mm-hmm. the knowledge that I had. When I tell you that I was being asked to go to different departments and people from different departments would come from the other side of the hospital to come to my desk to ask me how to do yeah, stuff yeah like they at least walked 10 minutes to get over here mm-hmm. to ask me a question mm-hmm. just a normal regular worker mm-hmm. okay and it would they would just ask all the time why are you not the supervisor why are you not in management why are you not a team league mm-hmm. ask management I And when it came to a point where we had to make some changes in the department and a supervisor had left and they needed to fill that space and they also decided to add a position to create that team lead role... Um, I contemplated doing it because I said you know what they don't appreciate me and I don't want to be stuck in Cleveland Clinic because it's not like they paying me like all this money to be this team lead anyway so and I know for a fact that I'm probably gonna when I'm done with school and I'm probably gonna move on and do something else I just Mm -hmm. don't want to set myself up to be stuck in this position Yeah. so I said let me get out now Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. anything else happens but for whatever reason I'm like you know what no I'm gonna challenge myself I want that position. I'm going to go for that position. I'm going to try. I'm going to do the team lead. You know, I'm going to try. When I get to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to try. There was like, oh, we already hired somebody for that position. Mm -hmm. Somebody who had never worked at Cleveland Clinic. Somebody that had never worked in the field. Didn't know nothing about nothing. And they had the audacity to have me train her. That's how I go. I said, Okay. (laughs) Only thing that I didn't train her in was like the schedules and you know the management side of things, mm-hmm. but everything else I had to train her how to do everything. And she was a sweet girl, nice girl, and I didn't hold nothing against her. But and there would be times where she would have a situation and she would come to me and ask me for help and have me handle things for her, and I would just be like, But I ain't the team lead. <laughs> So why am I doing this? And I if, I even told her one time, like, you're going to have to get the confidence to tell these hoes, this is what it is, and this is what I said. I can't be stepping in for you yeah. and going down and giving instructions This is not my role. And coming at them, and I'm like, she said, y'all need to do this, this, and that. And they looking at me like, well, who is you? Mm-hmm. But knowing me, I'd be like, you know who I am, and I said what I said. <laughs> but you're putting me in the middle to be the bad guy to tell them to do these things that you need to be doing. And eventually she did catch get her bearings and she became more assertive and was able to give out orders and yeah. organize things well. And me and her bonded off of that. We had conversations off of that. She was a nice girl. I still like her to this day. But just the audacity for them to do that. And then after that, turned around and hired the an actual supervisor and had me train his ass too. A supervisor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are y'all crazy around here? Like, what? Because they snuck him in there. Because they made it seem like he was, like, an epic, like, reviewer. Like, he was just sitting behind watching us. He was epic. No, baby. Two weeks later, they said, can you train him? hmm And I said, y'all got to... Be-. That was the last straw for me. I was like, damn. Yeah. I was like, I cannot. And me and him, like... I ain't never but heads with no, like, management like this ever. hmm Like, I told him one day, because there was i had worked the closing shifts i had a lot on my plate because after a while i was working by myself there was nobody for me to turn to and say can you help me do this and that, it was just me so there was this one instance where he was like um you're gonna go downstairs and you're gonna do this isn't this that i said i'm gonna do what you're going to go downstairs and you are going to do this this, and that i said i am going gonna do this and that. i said no i'm not So, he says, are you sure you want to do that? And I said, I'm absolutely positive. I said, you can ask me, can I go do something, but what you're not going to do is tell me what I'm going to do. Granted, he had only been here a couple weeks at this point because I didn't know who the hell he was talking to. Because I'm sitting up here training you and telling you how to do stuff. You got to never tell me what I'm about to do. No, that's not... That's not how this is going to work. You need to know how to talk to people. Pulled me in the office and told my manager that I was being insubordinate and all these things. And I straight told them, like, you got me training him. He needs to learn how to have some sort of respect for the people that know more than you. Regardless of whether you're in a position of management or not, you need to know how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point where I said, you know what? I can do this. I don't need to accept this. I don't need to stay here. I need to find a position to get me out of here because I'm going. No manager has never disrespected me in that Mm -hmm. way. And after that, he came and he apologized and all that shit. And I'm just like, okay, whatever, dude. You just want to keep your job. Like, it was more to it than that, but that's it in a nutshell. But that's what gave me the confidence for me to say, you know what? I got to go. I understand. I I. I had um, a former superior of mine look me in my face and say to me that if it weren't for someone else recommending me for the position Mm -hmm. that I currently hold, that I wouldn't have even been considered. (laughs) And it's so funny because I still see you. Mm -hmm. um, And I still collaborate with you in a sense. And the fact still remains that um, I'm very knowledgeable in what Mm -hmm. I do. And Mm -hmm. that is the reason why I'm here. And not in a boisterous kind of way, but Mm -hmm. if you're qualified, you're just qualified. And that's the end of it. And there's no reason to tear people down. Mm -hmm. Um, So at the end of the day, um, I maintain my confidence in my career choices. Right. Um, I don't allow people's words mm-hmm. To impact the next move that I make And I no longer hold myself back From making a choice Whether it be to move one way or the other right. Because of things that have been said Or experiences that I've had I'm mm-hmm. very confident in where I am um, Would I like to be paid more 100% <laughs> But that's 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 a different topic for another day yeah. um, Do you And I know I'm guilty of this And I'll just I'll just say it with with and ask it at the same time. Um my insecurities along the way have impacted my ability to communicate with people. Um whether it be sharing information, sharing mm-hmm. things about me personally, sharing things just about like like my day-to-day, like I feel like you're looking at me, listening to me and you're judging what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably just going to say less. Mm-hmm. Do you do that? I do that. Um More so because it's not an insecurity thing, though. I think I do that just because I'm unsure of how people will react to me in general. Just because my personality is all over the place. One minute, I'm sweet as pie. Next minute, I'm mean as fuck. Another minute, I'm happy. Another minute, I'm sad. Another minute, I'm angry. Mm -hmm. So... When I show my true self in a moment of where I'm upset, I I don't know if that's insecurity. Is that an insecurity? It's an insecurity. I, I was going to say it's an insecurity because I feel like, it, and especially, I don't want people to think that I'm just like this bitch. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Like, there have been moments where I've reacted to something or something has happened, mm-hmm. and that reaction in that moment. Was stamped onto me as who I am, wholly and solely as a person, and I feel like people have treated me like that moment and not like who I truly am. And when I identify that, it created insecure space within me as the person that I really am, and I just shut that off and just, you know what, did nothing. Yeah, did yeah. nothing. I just became this mm, like blank, yeah, existence. Realistically, people who really know me, I'm a really sensitive person. And I use my ability to be strong and assertive to cover up my sensitivity so it doesn't make it seem like I'm weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which I'm not weak, but in my mind, I don't want people to think that I am weak. Mm-hmm. So, because of that, I kind of shell up. Um, Sometimes, like you said, I won't say anything, but then the effects of that, me not saying anything, it builds up. And then when I do say something, it's in a ball of frustration Mm -hmm. and it explodes and I'm emotional and I'm angry and I'm sad and I'm mad. And instead of just being upfront and honest, I feel about the things that I feel I think sometimes I not necessarily sugarcoat but say shit in riddles (laughs) so (laughs) and so it so I don't have to say what it really is and I'm saying Mm -hmm. but then at the end of the day when I'm having conversations and this is not just in relationship with friendships too and just in general when I come back and then we talk it out and have a conversation and even with your ass have a conversation, okay. <laughs> I still end up saying what it is I really wanted to say anyway, so it'd mm-hmm. be like, "Girl, you did all that for what right to to keep up your image why mhm, so I guess that's insecurity, I don't know, kinda um. I think about it like how and this is so bad, but I think about it how people behave in church and then how they behave when they get outside. Church. That's how I think about it. It's like I'm I'm on my best church behavior when I'm around the people that have made me feel insecure. But when I'm not around them, I'm on my, you know, street life behavior. And and I mean it, it's historically that's just what it I mean, family, friends, whoever. Um yeah I try I'm the same Regardless of with I'm with family Friends My boyfriend I'm the same I'm I'm the same Goofy person I laugh I joke Um I have I can have serious Conversations But I think that Depending on The relationship I may Hold back Some of the things That I may mm-hmm. say Um I think I'm done With the With all of that I think mm-hmm. I just think that I just haven't had The opportunity In some instances mm-hmm. To just... Um, it's not that I don't say the things that I feel. It's just that I don't get to it right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I say a, bunch of whole, a whole bunch of bullshit before I get to the point. <laughs> it's kind of like you're trying to protect yourself. I, I Yeah. 100%. I don't ever want people... I've been in a place where people have judged me as a person, as a mom, as a worker, as a just complete human being mm-hmm. and I just don't like that and it's not right. It's not fair. Um have I done that in the past? Yes, because we we all come from a place of like just not knowing and not being mature. Mm-hmm. But I don't do that to people. Mm-hmm. I just let people exist. I take them for face yeah, value. If this is are. what you're giving me, what else am I what? supposed to yeah. know? If there's something else to mm-hmm. it then let, let me, me know. know what the let f- me know. it is. Um one Sorry, of one of my yelling. good friends, you know it took me a while to get, like, that underneath. And now it's, like, I dare you to say something bad about this person because you don't even know her. hmm I dare you. Mm-hmm. Like, would we'll give you the clothes off her back. Yeah. Nice. So don't even. I have a friend like that, too. One of my former friends said something about one of my current friends, and she doesn't know that this happened. I would ever tell her. But she would just, like, make comments about her personality, and I would be, like... She's the sweetest person that I know. Mhm. So for you to say that, you really don't know her. Yeah. Like she's never acted that way towards me. So that's you projecting on her. Yeah. For real. Mhm. And I would defend her to the death. I don't I don't give a shit what she say, what she do, how she do it. I know who she is to the core. Mm-hmm. So no matter how she acts or what she does or what she say to somebody, she is a true sweet, loving, kind-hearted, mm-hmm. big-hearted person, and I will never let nobody say nothing different about yeah. her. Period. I, and I hope that people say that about me. <laughs> right. I, because... And you know, I hope they do. <laughs> but you know, they don't, though. Because the thing is, I don't care. I don't care what people think about me, but don't lie on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, and I say this all the time, like, if somebody said, well, you was being a bitch and blah, 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 I would say, you know, I know I may say things that are out of pocket and may may be offensive to you. Those things may not be offensive to me, mm-hmm. but I would appreciate it if you would let me know if something that I said to you made you feel some kind of way that changed your view of me so I can correct myself. Instead of running away with it. Instead of running away with it and saying that this is who I am as a person when that's not me. There's somebody that's doing that to me right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: just don't... If you knew me at all, then you know to the core that I'm not that kind of person, but you mm-hmm. so busy nitpicking on the things that you were offended by right those were triggers for you those were not triggers for me yeah so how am i supposed to know that i'm offending you Mm -hmm. so you allow me to offend you in all these different ways me having no idea that you were offended and then when it comes down to it you talking bad about me to other people that i don't even know she don't even know that i know she's been talking about me somebody that i don't even know Mm. like girl are you for real okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll say nothing about you. Anything that I've said about you, people already said to me. So my, my, That's my favorite thing is saying nothing People about are people. saying that about you that don't even... I don't even have to... It doesn't even have to leave my mouth. Right. So, that says a lot about that person's character and that also goes back into people projecting their insecurities on other people. Mm-hmm. So, at what point... Um, like, a final thought type thing. Like, when did you just have that revelation? Like, I'm just about to just be confident. I recognize the insecurity is okay. When I On turn, some level. When I turn 30. Because, now, I was confident before I turned 30. But I kid y'all not, my body did something. It did something. It changed something that shaped different. <laughs> when I turned 30. <laughs> and I just started feeling myself a lot more like I don't, I know what it was but I'm not going to say it on this podcast but I had experiences that led to me turning 30 mm mm-hmm. mhm mhm and going through those experiences helped me be confident with my body. Did you want to just go ahead and tell me that I'm right or did you? did you want to continue to pretend like What about sex? About Experiences, experiencing certain things. Oh, and yeah, end. yeah, yeah! About having sex. No, not just <laughs> that. Oh my God. Uh. Anyways. About being open to different people, mm. not in a whorish way, but just being open to, uh, I mean, moving, <laughs> on, moving on. But being open I was to. I'm just saying, y'all, I was not no hoe. Being, being a woman, being yeah. confident in your yeah. womanhood, and, and that's coming from somebody who is still, you know, holding on to insecurities to this day, but there's something special about just being you and mm-hmm. doing you and not having to answer to nobody yeah. or. I mean, and what? If that's how you feel about what I'm doing, then that's on you. You but don't it, know me like still, that. It still took me a minute to just get to that spot. But before that, when I was in my other toxic relationship that we ain't even going to bring up, I went through experiences within that relationship that helped my confidence. Mm hmm. Help you, like, realize. Just realize, oh, bitch, you fine? Yeah. Mm hmm. So, even though he was a piece of shit person, he still made me feel like I was beautiful. So, mm mm-hmm. But, yeah. So when i turned 30 and that was after him not during him mm-hmm. i just started to gain my confidence during those experiences but when i turned 30 baby my body started doing stuff and i was like oh girl 30s 30s do something you, to you, you you look good baby you look good honey um that's when some dm started to slide and some messages started to... i have an ex boyfriend from high school who still hits me up and tells me that he's in love with me and i'd be like Cause back then I'd be like, why did you like me back then? I understand why he liked me now, but back then I was just like, mm. not that I look different or anything, but my mindset back then was not, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It was something totally different. Well, thirties do something. They do something. I had I have a colleague who just turned twenty nine, and she's like, I'm trying to you know enjoy the rest of my twenties. I'm like, girl, hurry up and turn thirty. Cause when you turn thirty, baby, it. <laughs> All bets are off. Do whatever you <laughs> want. Do it all. <laughs> Don't do it all. But I'm just saying. Do do, do with, what's within your means. Thank you. <laughs> Fix it. Do it, girl. <laughs> um, better, better Than Turning 30 has been embarking on 35. Mm. I think I've taken this whole, like, 35th year and turned it into the year of everything that I want to do. I'm not really worried about much of anything outside of just me being comfortable with me, I think yeah. that I'm very intentional in everything that I do and I want everything that I do to have purpose and meaning and I don't want it to be attached to any insecure places. Like, when I decided to do um, my microblading, that was something that I had always said I wanted to do for my 35th birthday. Mm-hmm. But when I first said that I wanted to do it, it was from an insecure place. But when I decided to start shedding insecurities, like, I stopped feeling in my eyebrows. I stopped doing things that i was doing that were insecure so that when i finally did do this thing that i've Mm -hmm. always wanted to do it wasn't because i was trying to hide something or correct something or fix something it's truly something that That i wanted wanted to do do because i can it's Mm -hmm. my money it's my forehead this is what i want to do with Mm -hmm. it um my lock journey quite honestly has been a spiritual awakening um Mm -hmm. for me it has been something that has blessed my soul truly blessed my soul um, and if there's anybody out there that's considering it, just do it. do it, do it, do it, do it. The lock gods will be with you um Find somebody who understands their role as a loctician um and who will help cultivate you and and groom you through this process because it is definitely a humbling and rewarding experience um it takes you outside of the box that you were previously in, and I'm so forever grateful for. Me. And my lactation. Because she is, um, she's the bomb. You welcome. Okay. My reference. You welcome. I got to hook up, (laughs) y'all. She is the bomb. Um, so do whatever it is that you feel that you need to do to Mm -hmm. come out of those insecure spaces. And being in the relationship that I'm in is also a help like you you hate to think like oh i need somebody to affirm me i don't need anybody to affirm me but the fact that he does is incredible yeah the relationship i'm in mean, is really new it's not it's, it's less than a year old so we're still learning things but he makes me feel beautiful when i'm around and that not that i need him to, but like you were saying that he does it mm-hmm. really it helps it does there has never been a time where i've been like like when i cut all my hair off i was like like about to go to his brother's wedding yeah and that was the first time i was going to meet his family i'm like i mean i'm bald head i'm bald head how's <laughs> that gonna go <laughs> What what's gonna happen with that right. and it was never like a question it was never like well can you like do a lace or mm-hmm. like what's up like it was just like be you do you and i've been able to be me and do me honestly since the day we met and it's been incredible that's never that's that's new mm-hmm. and that being new has there's been some insecure places because I've never you know had oh, yeah. that where somebody just let me do me right. and also correct me when doing me is not the right thing to be doing <laughs> yeah um, so, so I'm definitely grateful in this time and in this place in my life I'm the opposite I've never done me so now I'm having to learn how to do me Because I've always carried the relationship. Mm -hmm. But now I'm in a space where I don't have to do that. And so it's awkward for me. Like it's weird. Mm -hmm. It is very weird. I find myself frustrated often. Mm -hmm. So Find you a man that will walk beside you. Mm -hmm. That will call you out on your BS. But also give you the space to be you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah y'all. Um. that's it that's it <laughs> I hope that everyone is inspired enough to just admit their insecurities if nothing else yeah mm-hmm. for sure so thank you for listening those who are listening we appreciate you we do